Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. And Bickley. Sports, man. Sports. Vince Morata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Morata. Spectacular. Bickley and Morata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bickley and Morata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Good morning, Valley sports fans. Wake up, everybody. The beginning of a new week is here, and we have no more preseason football left to deal with. Thank goodness for that, right? That is. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata, Jared Carlin, and young Zach filling in for Sarah. And you're going to be gone later this week, Jared, did you say? Uh, End of this week, so soak it all in now. <laughs> soak all what soak in? All what, what all in, Jared? What are we soak soaking all of in? me. Enjoy oh. all of me for okay. the next three days. Okay. Wow. Are you go- going out of town? I'm going to the Chicago area. Oh, you are? The Skok- Skokie, Illinois, if you're familiar with that. I am. And uh, yes, my one of my cousins is getting married, so we're going to a wedding. Okay. And it is my Orthodox Jewish side of the family, so it should be a very... Exciting, interesting. As, as opposed to your unorthodox Jewish side of the family. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, so I'm on very Thursday unorthodox. and Friday, um, I'm hoping Sarah will be here. But Vinny and I are Sarah going to here. Vinny and I are going to give us award ourselves awards for our Iron Man streaks. We took one lengthy vacation in the middle of summer. That is all we have taken all year long. I've never taken less vacation in my life. Well, that's not true. Since I started working, <laughs> since 1987, I would say, I've never taken less vacation than I have this year. You put the Iron We are Man. laying down the work ethic. Like Cal Ripken and Lou Gehrig. We are leading here. by example. <laughs> no one's buying any of this. Seriously. This I just feel just... like putting it out there, you might have jinxed this Iron Man have, ne- have neither of you been off a day since no. The, no. when you took those two weeks off? No. no. Wow. No. no. Just and there was like nothing. There, there was nothing prior to that either, which is very, very odd. There's days where mentally I haven't been here, but oh, <laughs> oh, oh there's a day. Yeah, well, you took that. I wouldn't the, get to say anything, but the Circus Mexicus, that one day off there. That was before our vacation, right? But I'm saying there was a, a day here or there. But you guys are the, the examples at the station. <laughs> you, you are. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. It's important yeah, for us right. to be here every day. That Circus Mexicus Day. Strike that from the record. What I just said was a complete bald face lie. <laughs> Did, no, but I mean, essentially, though, I mean, consider, compared to like other people, mm-hmm. like Dave Burns has like late career Johnny Carson schedule going on. Here. Yeah, right. Be sure to catch Gambo and Jay Leno yeah, today I know, from it's two like, to six <laughs> every Thursday and Friday. It's off, yeah. <laughs> All right, we got a lot of ground to cover. Happy Monday, everybody. Start the show, Jarrett. Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. Splash. Cannonball. 
The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Yeah, the Cardinals did wrap up their preseason schedule with a 26-23 loss on the road to the Tennessee Titans on Saturday. Tennessee backup quarterback Logan Woodside ran for a nine-yard touchdown on fourth down with just 52 seconds left to give the Titans the win. As has been the theme throughout the preseason, receivers Andy Isabella and Greg Dort shine for the Cardinals. Isabella with five catches, 115 yards. Dorch had six catches for 64 yards and a touchdown. Defensively, Cameron uh, Thomas, the rookie, two sacks. Manny Jones, seven tackles, three tackles for loss. And safety, James Wiggins had an interception and a couple of big hits. Cardinals must have their roster cut down to 53 by tomorrow as the regular season looms. couple real quick thoughts on the game. All right. Uh, it may have been... I mean, the Cardinals dressed 42 players, I think. So the guys that played basically played the whole game. Yeah. So from that standpoint, it might have been, you know, in terms of impactful players, the most meaningless preseason game we've ever seen the Cardinals play. That could very well be true. But on the flip side of that coin, considering what else happened in the National Football League this weekend with with good players playing in preseason week three and getting hurt, uh-huh. <laughs> I'll take it. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm just glad it's over. Yeah, the, now uh, we've got uh, so we've got two weeks of, of practice. I'm, until, say, I'm so glad it's over. What do we got? A big big game this weekend, well, right? Sunday yeah, first game no, of the year. No, no, we don't. So it it so to me, I think this is going to be this is going to feel like a grind. The next couple of weeks yes. are going to feel like a grind. It's it's this is the schedule is really stupid if you ask me. I like the three preseason games, shortening for it from four. I hate this bye week built in. I think it's I, I think it just totally stunts any any growth or momentum the NFL has. Yeah. Now uh, they people get over it. I get you know. It, Bill Belichick even pointed out we we've never seen anything like this in the NFL. There are teams holding out thirty plus thirty five. Five players yeah. from games. Cardinals shot thirty-eight oh, players yeah. the other day. Yeah. Right. Well, ask the Steelers how yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, the preseason wrapped up yesterday with two more games. Jets beat the Giants thirty-one twenty-seven. Steelers beat Detroit nineteen to nine. In that game, Defensive Player of the Year T.J. Watt got hit with a cut block from Detroit tight end T.J. Hawkinson. Where have we seen that before? Mm-hmm. Watt stayed in the game for a few more plays, but then left with what the Steelers called a knee injury. Also, wide receiver Deontay Johnson left with a shoulder injury. Pittsburgh head coach Mike Tomlin downplayed the severity of both of the injuries, but there were Steelers fans everywhere going, why are these guys playing? The flip side, <laughs> I know. Now, but but the reports out of Pittsburgh are that he's he, they think he's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But still, that's a that's a franchise defensive player. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Washington Commanders rookie running back Brian Robinson was shot multiple times during an apparent robbery attempt against him and has reportedly sustained non-life-threatening injuries, according to the team. But a scary situation there. I guess he was targeted and carjacked. Uh, D-backs managed just three hits on Sunday, but they were all big in a 3-2 win over the White Sox at guaranteed rate. Field Stone Garrett gave Arizona a one nothing lead in the second with a solo home run. His first is a big lead leaguer. Sergio Alcantara solo home run off Dylan Cease tied the game at two two in the eighth, and then Jake McCarthy an RBI double in the ninth to break the two two tie. Ian Kennedy worked out of a jam in the ninth, and the D backs got the sweep in Chicago. Went four and one on their five game road trip, and they return home tonight to uh, start a three game series against the Phillies. Madison Bumgarner back on the mound after having his rotation 
seven spots skipped on the road trip. He'll be faced by Ranger Suarez, 641st pitch here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. And a little bit more energy in the ballpark tonight because according to reports, Steve Gilbert put it out there yesterday, outfielder and top prospect Corbin Carroll will be called up from AAA Reno for Monday night. Carroll was the D-backs top draft pick, 16th overall in 2019 out of uh, Lakeside High School in Seattle. He's played only 142 minor league games, but has had a great ascension through the uh, ranks and a great season this year uh, at three different levels, hitting 307 with 24 home runs and 31 stolen bases. He is a consensus top five prospect, and many have him as the top prospect in baseball. Yeah, so this is a this is another one of those big moments in the Valley where this is uh, not unlike a number one overall draft pick showing up for you. This guy being rated by some as the number one prospect in Major League Baseball. You can't get any more hype than that. No. So I look forward to talking about him. I look forward to seeing him play. He's supposed to be in the lineup tonight. Yes. Can't wait to watch that. More speed in the outfield. Rory McIlroy fired a final round four under 66. He won the Tour Championship at Eastlake Golf Club in Atlanta by one stroke over Sung J.M. and Scotty Scheffler. Scheffler was the 54 hole leader by six strokes and started the event with a two-stroke lead back on Thursday, but blew up on Sunday. Just one birdie and four bogeys. Shot a three over 73. McElroy wins the $18 million first prize in the last PGA Tour event of the season and wins the FedEx Cup for the third time. First guy ever to do that. I don't know if you spent any time watching it. It was a uh, phenomenal day of golf. It was a great, great day for the PGA Tour. This is exactly who they needed to win this. This is exactly what they needed going into this offseason against Live Golf. To have to have their guy, the number one guy on tour, come back yes. and win that the way he did, that was big for them. Nobody has been more outspoken on it and continues to be outspoken on it than Rory McIlroy. Yep. Yeah. True. Uh, the U.S. Open gets underway in Queens today. On the men's side, top seed Daniil Medvedev will face American Stefan Kozlov. On the women's side, unseeded Serena Williams kicks off what should be her last professional tournament with a match against Against Danka Kovinic from Montenegro. So weird to see uh, no seed number next to Serena Williams' name going into yeah, a tournament. Right. But she's not played very well no. uh, in this so little. She's going to have to capture some magic. Can yeah. she do that? I don't know. She's going to have to capture a lot of magic, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. There you go. There is your splash for Monday, August 29th. Coming up next, we dive into the Cardinals' preseason finale in Tennessee and what lays ahead for the front office and the coaching staff. It's Bickley and Murata mornings on this Monday, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Bickley and Murata. Dan Bickley and Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. There's a bunch. I mean, there's some deep rooms. Um, there's some guys we would hate to... to see on other teams just with potential and how they played in this camp and so um, it's a good problem to have but we, we got to try and make the right decision and do what's best for the organization Cliff Kingsbury the head coach of the Cardinals on Saturday talking with Paul Calvisi on the uh, Cardinals radio network about uh, how many regular uh, how many roster decisions are left to make and the process is very much in process right now they've got to be down to 53 players by tomorrow Bick um, you know it was football on Saturday it was a game <laughs> it was kind of I guess the ending was kind of exciting mm-hmm. uh, seeing Tennessee come back to win that game but we didn't see much in terms of players that will make an impact for the Cardinals this year. Uh, that was by design and that uh, again remains I-, I think something that's hanging over this whole preseason and training camp right now. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. 
I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying it's leading to a lot of questions about the unknown. Well, how prepared yes. are these guys going to well, be? Well, that's well, where I guess we're going to find out, aren't we? Yes. And 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 I've ne- I've never seen a Cardinal coach punt on the preseason the way Cliff Kingsbury's punted on this one, a- and yet the Cardinals still are dealing with a handful of different a uh, variety of different injury concerns, mm-hmm. despite the fact that they've been overly cautious in terms of preseason football. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not here to say what's right, what's not. Not right because it's it's so revisionist and and you know like if TJ Watts got any kind of injury here that's going to limit him or prevent him from playing uh, right out of the gate Mike Tomlin's going to have to answer for that so to me there's just I guess you just trust in what you're doing is going to prepare people to play football. Um, but it's just, you, you got to choose. You got to choose. Do you think some reps are valuable or, or do you not? I mean, look, there, there, there have been guys, I don't, I don't know if you saw over the weekend, there were guys who were playing in games who were jumping around and dancing out of contact. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are guys who do not want to be on that football field playing. Yeah. And then, as you said, the Cardinals, because so many guys sat out, the guys that did play had to play a crazy amount of snaps and reps. So I, I don't know what it's all going to mean. You just hope that. And, and here's the thing, too. Even if even if you thought preseason football did something positive to get you ready for the season, you'd have a two-week layoff between the last preseason game and the start of the regular season anyway. Mm-hmm. So any kind of, any kind of, I don't know, getting into the moment, immersing yourself into the moment, you'd, you'd have a two-week break anyway. So the schedule is just nuts. Yeah, it's it is. Uh, I agree. Uh, you talked about, even though with the approach this uh, preseason by Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals, there still is some injury question. The biggest one now is about Antonio Hamilton, the cornerback who had been anointed as one of the starters. This been you know, this mysterious absence and not a whole lot uh, of information on it. But uh, Cliff Kingsbury was asked about it on Saturday. We got to see what's what's out there. I think um, Ham. That was an unexpected uh, situation, and um, you know made, makes the numbers look really thin. Uh, looking at week one, possibly. So uh, we'll see how everything plays out over the next couple of days, and, and, and I'm sure we will be. Um, looking heavily to see what's out there. Yeah, so we're still a week away, really, from finding out anything that the the Cardinals have to report on Antonio Hamilton. If he's not available, you're looking at maybe three corners available Mm -hmm. for week one against the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Cliff Kingsbury's right. You better go out there and see what's out there. That that answer was basically begging Steve Kime, please, please (laughs) get someone, please. Kind of. (laughs) And I I, I don't disagree with it. We've been asking for what, three weeks? When are the Cardinals going to go out and kick the tires on a cornerback, oh, or I maybe know. Yeah. you know float a draft pick somewhere to see if they can acquire one? I mean, the the, right. the, the trade that Gambo had talked about of being uh, not imminent but very likely never materialized. Maybe that happens uh, now. Maybe they wait to see who's available after the waiver wire fills up with all these players. But they are the definition of thin at that position. Well, and I, I think again, this is so. Once if I've got the rules right, tell me if I'm wrong or right about this. So once we one begins, that is when you sign guys who are not guaranteed contracts for the rest of the league, right? So if you were thinking of signing a bunch of guys, you would wait until the week one. Is that correct? Am I right about that? I don't know if it's week one or right after the, the roster, when you get to 53. Gotcha. Okay. 
Okay. Which would make, honestly, more sense because it would would give more time for acclimation for those guys on new Mm -hmm. teams. Mm -hmm. But you would think there, I mean, there's going to be, the market's going to get flooded with cut football players. So there's going to be numbers. It's just a matter of whether or not there are going to be any good players out there. This is, uh, it's a serious need, if you ask me. And and one one of the things that I think you can really be fooled by is in the preseason, the Cardinals pass rush has been just fine. Mm hmm. Uh, from Victor Demukeji to Cam Thomas <laughs> to Cam Thomas last or over the weekend. That uh, yes, that's what I'm. That's what we're talking about. We're, t- we're talking about preseason football here. I, I I worry that they can look at that. And go oh well, though we're fine. See the way these guys are balling out mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, on the offensive side again. I mentioned it in the splash. The development and playmaking ability of a couple receivers. Greg Dortch and Andy Isabella. They both had big games again. Isabella had a 74-yard catch. Mm-hmm. Probably should have had two touchdowns in the game, but got caught within the five-yard line twice. Dortch mm-hmm. did have a touchdown. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury talked about those two players. Yeah, I can't tell you how much respect I have for those two guys. The way they attack him. I mean, you're talking did not miss one day of practice. Uh, not one rep of practice, actually. And, and you see how fast they run each and every snap. They played every preseason game, every play. And uh, the production was great. It's what we've seen all camp. I mean, it, Andy's been running by people, and Dory's been making big catches, and um, couldn't be more impressed by how they attacked Cam. Knowing, hey, it's a really deep room, but they didn't they didn't blink. They they attacked it, and have really you know made made these decisions really tough on us. And these guys are in very similar situations right now. Very different paths to get here. Greg Dortch was a guy who wasn't drafted. He's been cut by four different teams. He's been around the league. Andy Isabella was a second round pick who's mm-hmm. not made an impact in three seasons prior. But here they are, right at the same point. Uh, Greg Dortch, uh, you know. Nervous the next couple days? Not really. Uh, I mean, everything's out of my control right now. Um, I feel like I gave them all this whole preseason um, since day one. Um, just left it all out there. So um, everything's out of my hands at this point. Um, I feel good at uh, what I put on tape. And uh, everything will work out the way it's supposed to work out. And Andy yeah, Isabella. I, he's got nothing to be worried. He, he's made the team. I, they both made the team. You think so? I do. I do think so. I mean... I agree with you, but to me, I was thinking about this over the weekend. And these guys were so good in the preseason, which, again, if you're not going to play your starters or your impact players and you're evaluating guys for end of the roster spots like mm-hmm. Isabella and Dorch would both be, you know, probably your fifth and sixth receiver. If they don't make the team. What is the value of the preseason game at all? And I was thinking about that in terms of yeah. other players. Like Manny Jones, to me, mm-hmm. is a guy, yeah, does he have an uphill battle as an undrafted free agent from Colorado State? Absolutely. But he did exactly what you would want somebody in that position to do. That's he was right. dominant on That's Saturday. Right. That's right. But at a certain point, though, there's only so many positions. If they keep three quarterbacks, if they keep four or five running backs, if they keep... You know, six wide receivers. Like at a certain point, the numbers don't add up. Like you can't keep everybody. No, I know, but it's also, you know, you're asking these guys to go out there and perform and uh, maybe win a spot on the fifty-three. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, it's the big theme of the preseason now. And if they're not able to do it with the way that they played, it's not like the Cardinals have for Manny Jones that example. It's not like they have five or six All-Pro defensive linemen. Listen, Greg Dorch has been. Excellent from day one of yes. training camp. He has just been, he has been getting open consistently against whoever is against him. Um, and the Andy Isabella thing, more than anybody, Andy Isabella kind of symbolizes Steve Kimes' draft 
woes in recent years uh, because he was taken so high because it could have been DK Metcalf because it was in the midst of a of an NFL draft that was just loaded with impact wide receivers and, and you took you took this small school undersized super fast guy that has been a complete bust until right now and he is and he's got a different kind of mentality you can see he's kind of got a hard court edge to him if he gets cut some team's going to pick him up based on what's on film this offseason this preseason and it's the speed and, and I think they, he has flashed that speed. Now, do I trust him to catch a ball in space? I, I got to see that. But, but I think because this guy was, was it, it symbolizes so much in terms of the draft legacy of Steve Kime, I think they both made the team. Well, and I get what you're saying, Carlin, that you can't keep everybody. I know that. But the big question to me is going to be, are they going to keep Daryl Williams? Or are they not? Yeah, That's we'll, the big question. We'll get more into those questions. There, there are Cliff Kingsbury's, right? There are still questions to be answered between now and the cut down to uh, 53. Uh, coming up next, a buzz about the Arizona Diamondbacks that we have not felt too often in franchise history. Corbin Carroll getting called up for tonight's game. We'll get into it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. All right, so give us the update on when Corbin Carroll, or as Gambo would say, Corbin Carroll! <laughs> When's he joining the festivities, Derek? Yeah, Bick, I, I think it's great that, that you're asking and you're focused on him, and, and I think our fans are too, which is cool. We haven't had you know such, such a prospect like that in quite some time. Um, it, it is exciting, and I think he is, the, the way he's performing is the reason why we're asking. You know, and he, yeah. he fits in perfectly with this young, energetic style that we're seeing from this team, and you know, he can play the corners, he can play center field. He's going to be a nice fit, and it's getting closer and closer. That was Derek Hall on Thursday and his uh, weekly visit with us, uh, and it was it's kind of a weekly occurrence. One of us will ask Derek Hall about Corbin Carroll. Yeah. When when are we going to see this kid? And Tonight. Thursday, and t- the answer is tonight. Steve Gilbert put it out there after the game yesterday. Uh, D-backs got the sweep over the White Sox, and then you get uh, hit with that uh, on the back end of it, that Corbin Carroll's going to get called up from uh, AAA Reno. Mike Hazen recently said, hey, when we call him up, he's not coming up here to sit. He's mm-hmm. going to play. And Derek Hall's exactly right. I don't think that's hyperbolic in the least, Bick, to say this is just an Upton-type territory. It is. That's exactly what it is. Because I think that in, in Major League Baseball, being the number one overall draft, it doesn't mean the same thing as being the number one overall overall draft in football or the NBA because mm-hmm. guys disappear into your system for a couple of years and you don't see them and 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 the major league baseball draft is kind of on a on a lesser platform to begin with but if you get the guy who's rated the number 1 prospect you're talking about a guy that's already taken steps so if you, if you're a number 1 overall draft pick and you go off into the minor leagues it's more impactful to be the number 1 prospect in baseball because you've already laid down a, a track record that shows I I am too good for the minor leagues. And so this is the kid that we're going to be getting here. For those who don't for those who don't know who have never seen him, he's got a mustache, right? So he might show up oh, with a mustache, not a mustache. Exciting. He's not a big kid. He's only 5'10", like 165, 165 pounds. pounds, but he bear his gift, he's got a lot of gifts, but according to scouts what he does remarkably well is he always barrels up as a hitter. Uh, uh, a disproportionately high amount of very hard hit baseballs, which I can't wait to see. Well, so, and you add them to the collection. I mean, mm-hmm. we've talked about it in recent weeks too, Bick, with 
the amount of speed that this Diamondbacks team has on the field right now, we've never seen anything like it. Corbin Carroll comes in not only with 24 home runs, but 31 stolen bases in the minors. He just adds right in. You know, they were talking on the radio broadcast yesterday, Tom Candiotti and, and Chris Garagiola. When, when this outfield gets set, has there ever been an outfield that had three gold glove quality uh, you know, outfielders playing every day? The Diamondbacks might have that possibility in the future. That's how good uh, Alec Thomas has been gold glove caliber mm-hmm. as a rookie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the offense needs to come around a little bit. McCarthy yeah, can of, go get it. Varsho's yeah. a good outfielder for a guy who's not a natural outfielder. Mm-hmm. And now you had Corbin Carroll of the mix. Yeah, mm-hmm. kind of a cool young nucleus of players. And yeah. again, it, it, it's kind of bringing to life the optimism that's been slowly building here. As you mentioned, he's played 142 games in the minor leagues. The pandemic obviously has suppressed that number as it did for all minor league baseball players. He had two, almost two years wiped out because mm-hmm. they didn't play any minor league games. He was at the Alder site in 2020. 2021, he injures the shoulder, so he played like seven games all season long. So he's basically had two years wiped out, which makes this ascension from 2019 till now yeah. remarkable. Yeah. And you bring up a great point on, on the number one pick. Um, and I think when you relate it to baseball, this is a more exciting story. How many number one picks have we seen where guys don't ever make the majors? Or like you said, they get buried in the minor leagues, and there's when they finally do make it to the majors, there's a real tempered enthusiasm about it. That's not the case here. This guy was the 16th overall pick and has had this remark. Even if you look at the preseason prospect rankings, he was like 25-30. Now he's number one. Yeah. That's how right. good he's been. Yeah. And I, again, I don't I can't think of another example. I mean, people were excited about Paul Goldschmidt. And he delivered right when he got to the majors, but that was an eighth round pick. That was a guy that a lot of people didn't know much about. This is very comparable to Justin Upton. Very much so. Uh, Justin Upton came up as a 19-year-old at the end of the season in, in 07 and then went back down to the minors to begin 08 before he was back for good. Um, but Corbel, Corbin Carroll's got that type of potential. Yeah, I think if there's a, a knock on Corbin Carroll, Keith Law pointed out that the, the only thing that might he might have to prove is he spent a lot of his minors in hitter friendly ballparks. Mm-hmm. I think, he, and so, but he's hit well on the road as well. So I, I'm excited to see this kid because again, there's a, he he's the number one prospect in baseball for a reason. And I, I do think it's coming at a good time. It's coming at a time when the Diamondbacks, you know, they're on, they're on the periphery of a of a wild card berth. They're only eight games under five hundred after sweeping the White Sox over the weekend, which is which is not terrible. I'm not pronouncing them in the race, but they've they've also got a brutal schedule. They do from here on out. There's a lot of games against the Dodgers. There's a lot of games against the Brewers. The Phillies are in town today. There's uh yeah there's uh there's some difficult there's a lot of games against the Padres so this is going to be a, a very tough closing month. Yeah, they're nine and a half games behind San Diego for that third wild card spot right now. So uh, Mil- ways Milwaukee's yeah, ahead of them, San Francisco's ahead of them. But as you said earlier, a couple weeks ago, hey, if the D-backs can find a way to have a prolonged winning streak, which mm-hmm. is something that has eluded them this year, if you can reel off eight, nine, ten in a row. Anything can happen. Oh, yeah. And right now they're at three. They go to Chicago. You know, the White Sox are an underachieving team. They're floundering a little bit. But to get a win like they got yesterday, you're going up against one of the nastiest pitchers in the American League who gave up two hits, three, two hits, I think it was. Um, and then McCarthy got the, 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 the hit off the bullpen. But 
that's that's a confidence builder yeah. for a team like that. Oh, I agree. They were baffled all day long. At one point, C set down like 17 in a row, mm-hmm. and then Alcantara hits the home run and completely changes the course of the game. So it, it's not over. Um, but to your point, too, about this coming at a good time, take the playoff chase or pursuit out of it just for a, a little bit. It would be very easy if you're a Diamondbacks fan to be completely demoralized at what is the reality of your division. It's changing next year with the balanced schedule, so I don't think you'll see the same level of dominance. Maybe, maybe not. Mm-hmm. The Dodgers are 50 games over 500. <laughs> They're in like the top 20 yeah. of all time so far through 120-some-odd games of run differential. They are just killing baseball teams. Yeah. And when you focus on that and like, oh, that's who we have to compete with, mm-hmm. it can be demoralizing. How do you compete? Well, you compete by drafting well, developing, and then bringing those kids up to the minors, which has not been a philosophy the Diamondbacks have really employed in their history. But this is the reality right now. So it is exciting. I can't wait to watch this. No, yeah, this is going to be really good because this is this is the piece that you that that you really hope hits because there's a big difference between having a team full of young good prospects but it's it's another thing having a star and and that is that's kind of what the Diamondbacks need they need a guy to stand at the fore of all these young players and just be that massive kind of player Coming to the perfect time, if you ask me, for this baseball team. When was the last time even that the Diamondbacks had a true face of the franchise? Like, for years, we tried to figure out who that is. Is it David Peralta? You know, Paul Goldschmidt always was was a... Goldschmidt was the guy. Goldschmidt was... He was always in the MVP voting and a great, great player. Did he ever bring, like, the excitement that, like, you had to watch as it bats? You had to go to the ballpark to see him? Because he was such a reserved, you know, as far as charisma goes and and outgoing player. I get what you're saying, but I think he was undoubtedly the face of the franchise for about a five or six year span. Would you disagree with that, Bick? No. I mean, he kind of fit that reserved personality kind of fit the whole identity of the team. Exactly. That's exactly right. And and that's why why there were people at the time who were trying to mitigate, and again, I feel terribly guilty about this, but there were people who were trying to mitigate the potential loss of him for all the stuff that he was not. And and so that's, that's, this is, look, this is the next frontier for this baseball team is to find a way to build so they can develop and keep a majority of these guys so it doesn't just become uh, an endless revolving door. And I think Corbin Carroll is going to be a test of it. I think some other guys are going to be a test of it. You mentioned the Dodgers. This is the thing about the the Diamondbacks' recent non-competitiveness. It's not only the games, the the lack of winning seasons, but when you tally up the cumulative amount of games they have finished outside of first place, it's a staggering number. They've had game or seasons recently where they've been six miles from the first place team. Mm -hmm. So it's not only that you got a bad baseball team, but you you have no hope for the future because you're like, how do we catch up to that team? That's you know, well, that much better that has right, right. that has all the best yeah, prospects I mean, and all the most money and all mm-hmm. the best players. Yeah, well, the yeah, reality yeah. of it now is, is like the, <laughs> the goal shouldn't be hey we got to outpace the Dodgers for 162 no. games. You got to get to the party and then outplay them for there you go <laughs> seven. That's what you do. Yeah. Bix picks is back for the 2022 NFL season. Text pick to six twenty six twenty to sign up and compete against Dan Bickley for your chance at the grand prize, a seventy five inch TV courtesy of Corona Extra. 
Weekly winners will receive an NFL jersey of their choice and a $50 gift card to Cold Beers and Cheeseburgers. Just text PICK to 620-620 to enter. Coming up next, Tom Brady back with the Buccaneers, looking refreshed, if that's what you want to call it. He says he's ready to go. We'll get into all of that next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Bickley and Murata. Hash marks. I feel good. I feel good. Yeah, I've played football for a long time, so I'm pretty good at it. It doesn't take long for me to remember how to play it. Ooh. Is that right, Tom Brady? <laughs> Can we start more rumors about why Tom Brady missed 11 days of training? Sure, let's do it. I'd like to. Uh, facial surgery. Yeah, this. Uh, anybody who saw that press conference was very alarmed about how nothing on his face seemed to move. Nothing at all. Very gaunt and just very, very uh, mannequin Contoured. Contoured. I've never seen... Contoured. Yeah, not contoured. Contoured. Contorted. <laughs> um, did you see pictures of Tom Brady earlier in his career? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, the, the, the shape of his face has changed. You know, people always talk about, you know, when players do steroids, their heads grow. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Brady's... Ed is like caving in. I don't know. He looked very, very odd, and it's and he's and he's getting and he's getting a lot of grief for that. So I just again, it's I I don't I, I'm not sure what why he is still doing what he's doing. Yeah. I I do not know what he's after. But he was asked flat out after the uh, preseason game for the Buccaneers uh, over the weekend, why did you take time off? It's all personal. You know, everyone's got different situations they're dealing with. So we all have really unique challenges to our life. And I'm 45 years old, man. There's a lot of going on. So, you know, you just got to try to figure out life the best you can. And, you know, it's a uh, continuous process. So. Yeah, we we know all this. Sounds odd, doesn't it? Doesn't it just all of it just seem odd? If 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 this is because he's on the Masked Singer, he's going to have some explaining to do. And again, he's Tom Brady. I totally understand he doesn't need preseason to kind of play football. Yeah, but but this is just sort of invalidating everything he's always been about. He's played football for a long time, Vic. He's pretty good at it. He yeah, doesn't need pretty, a lot of time to remember how to do it. Right. Uh, uh, also, wow. he, he could he looks so crazy now. He could be on the Masked Singer and just not even wear a mask, and people wouldn't recognize <laughs> right, him. That's a great point. <laughs> the unmasked singer. Yeah. Um, he also talked in that same press availability too about you know there was speculation, there was all the crap with Miami, the tampering charges, um, the, the plot for Miami to get Tom Brady and Sean Payton as a package deal. Uh, then you had the retirement that lasted for 30 days. How was Miami and Tampa Bay intertwined into that? Brady said he never wanted to play anywhere else this year. I think, you know, since I came to this organization, it's been an amazing, uh, you know, it's just been an amazing experience for me to come to this place and be as supportive as I had over a long period of time. And, you know, I read all these stories about all these different places I was supposed to go or could have gone. And I'm like, I only was going to go to, you know, one place, which was here. You know, and I think this whole organization knows that, and all the conversations that we've had over a period of time, I chose the right place for me. And uh, very proud of the effort that everyone's put in to make the relationship work. And uh, Joel's been amazing. Um, Jason's a great friend of mine. Um, Bruce, Todd, uh, all the coaches. Um, it's been an amazing relationship, and I'm very grateful to everybody for allowing me to come down here and experience this part of my football life, which 
uh, you know, I look back and would probably be incomplete had I not had it. So I'm happy I ha- I've had it. Yeah, those six Super well, Bowls in uh, New England weren't enough. It also, was going to be incomplete. First of all, somebody needs to give Miami back their draft picks because he was never going to go there. Yeah, and that had no yeah. interest. And, and and of course, and Mark Davis. You ever see that guy, Jerry? Oh my goodness, Mark gracious. Davis hasn't even denied that story that the Raiders were trying to pull off a trade for him and Gronkowski and and, and John Gruden deep six that trade. Yeah, you can. Uh, that last soundbite from Tom Brady, how many lies were in that soundbite? He ran Bruce Arians off into retirement. I wouldn't be fishing here without that guy today, baby. Talk about fishy. That's a, it's that a, the is whole fishy. thing remains the fishy. The whole thing is, and, and of course, he's not going to come out and go, yeah, you know what? I kind of got checkmated into staying here. Never really wanted to be here. Wife hates the place. I'm glad I got a Super Bowl out of this, but... This place sucks. Yeah, is he really going to come on? So I, I, I guess I shouldn't be asking for honesty because he's not going to give it. But still, I mean, come on. Then on top of it, NFL Network releases its top 20 players in the game. And who's number one on their oh, list for brother. 2022? Oh, 45-year-old Tom Brady. Like, Which, voted I, on by the players. I know. So it, that's a respect thing, and I and I'm I'm okay with that. But Tom Brady, if you were asking, stop rubbing your eyes, Jared. <laughs> Tom Brady, if you are going to rate the best football players in the NFL today, Tom Brady doesn't crack the top fifteen. He probably doesn't crack the first twenty-five. Ah, uh, that might be. I mean, okay. the number, it's just my opinion. The, the numbers are unbelievable. I know they are. I know they are. I'm just, in terms of what he, he has. Now, again, uh, l- let me just preface this by saying what what makes him so dangerous is if you put him in the playoffs, his composure and his poise, he can go places nobody else ever has. So uh, so I'm, I'm not just dogging him. But I just if you were gonna just rank the best football players, if we were if you were building a team, I don't know. I, I maybe top okay, I, there's who's at the, least fifteen. Let me better. ask you though, who's the best quarterback in the NFL right now? Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, they're all better. And they ranked three, eight, and thirteen on this list. Okay. Overall. Mm-hmm. Um Look. Now is is it, now is there any other quarterbacks who should be above Tom Brady right now? If you were, mm. you know what I mean. It, it's the exp- look, the experience and what he and what he has absolutely does mean something. He he is playing at a very high level. But when you're talking about the best of the best, the fact that that's not Aaron Donald at number one is ridiculous. Well, I agree with that. And he's too. at number two. But but if you're talking about the the guys that are really one of ones. That's Aaron Donald. Your stance on Tom Brady is very, very clear. You're sick of him. <laughs> yes, you don't I like am. him. I don't like all him. of these things. I'm gonna. I yes, think you're ugly. Sta- I'm I think talk you're st- trash about him. I think your statements in this segment have indicated how much you don't like him, <laughs> without having to say you don't I'm, like him. I'm bitter that I've got to spend the rest of my life with him in front of me because he's going into a broadcast booth the minute he's done playing football. There will be no respite from Tom Brady for me for the rest of my life. Yeah, I'm kind of bitter about that. I marvel at what he's able to do at this age, but I also think he's playing a different game than everybody else. Um, am I wrong? Am I petty for wanting him to just really have a, a, a clunker of a season? Just really struggle and play quarterback for a bad football team? 
Is that petty of no, me? No, I don't think that's petty at all. I, I, I think you can... Because at this point, he's had seven to ten opportunities to ride out into the sunset on top of the league, and he refuses to do it. I know. And this pursuit, as I, I've called it, it's somewhat pathological at this point. So I, what, what else can we root for? I no. I agree with that. No, That's a very honest thing. Honest thing you just said. It's almost pathological. His need to keep playing football. Now, interestingly enough, ESPN did their own list of a top 100 players, but they their caveat was the top 100 players of the 2022 season, as in who will have the best season in two, two, 2022. So Brady wasn't up at the top. Tom Brady was ranked number 20. Wow, on that list. Mm. How many quarter? I didn't look at that Patrick list Patrick Mahomes morning. was number one, Aaron Donald number two. So Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen. Um, Probably that's it. No. Justin Herbert. Wow. Russell Wilson. Those were all, those were the quarterbacks, quarterbacks ranked ahead of yeah, them. Yeah, wow. I, I, might, I might buy the Justin Herbert thing, but I think I'd want to see more before I make that proclamation, and I'm not going to elevate Russell Wilson over Tom Brady, because i got questions about Russell Wilson right now, too. But I, but I can understand it. I can understand that. That's, that's about where I have him, but that's just me. So you're looking to the future as opposed to the past. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's what I'm doing. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line. It's open at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, roster questions for the Arizona Cardinals as they trim it down to 53 for their regular season opener. We'll give you some of our questions about the roster construction next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.